0: Gosh, I I forgot I even had that in my pack. (gasps) That's the craziest part, man. Uh, If Joe flicked my ear, I'd probably knock him in the forehead. What's up, everybody? Uh, I got Cody Covey across from me on the mic. He uh, had a special appearance today. Actually, we're trying to get our landowner tags from Alex. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, hopefully it comes through. (laughs) Uh, And just happenstance, Cody came in while uh, I was able to get uh, Matt Yaka on the the line. Matt, you're in New York right now?
1: I'm visiting my family in New York currently, yeah.
0: And I was only slightly late. Uh, What two hours? (laughs) Only two. (laughs) Only
1: two. Well, let's see. It's eleven o'clock here, or it's almost noon here. You said nine. So damn, two and a half. Yeah, you're, Mm -hmm. you're pretty late, buddy. It happens.
0: Uh, <laughs> I knew like immediately this morning things were going downhill quickly from uh, the bear getting into our garbage to uh, oh, my God. everything else and then uh, being a shit show here at work. But but uh, Matt, I met Matt. Well, I just found out I actually met Matt and he thought I was a dickhead at Rocky Mountain maybe a year ago. But I actually met Matt uh, where I remember at uh, the best of the best team shoot that Luke and I hold uh, what, probably what, two months ago, I guess.
1: Yeah. A month and a half or so. Yeah. Yep.
0: And, uh, it, it, it was, um, uh, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't know who you were other than I was like, I, you know, I was like, shit, that dude's cool as hell. And, uh, you were Mm -hmm. partners with, uh, uh, Wampler. Wampler, Yeah. I always say his name incorrect. Um, and so I, you know, obviously I follow along with what you're doing and you were at the, I guess is it the USA archery world or national what what was it you just shot?
1: USA target nationals and the US Open.
0: And the US Open. So
1: it's essentially two big events,
0: yeah. Gotcha. So I'm I'm watching this and Daniel Collins, who I'm good friends with, uh the Trad baby Jesus, which you're gonna be <laughs> Trad tournament, you can be trad target Jesus. Um and uh so I, I'm watching it and I, I messaged Daniel. I said, How's it going? He's like, Hey, it's after the first day or whatever. I'm in third. And so I looked and you were up there, um, you know, doing very, very well. And then I, I was looking at photos and I'm like, and I'm trying to look at Frank's page and the push and your page. I'm like I'm like, fuck. Did he win or not? And then you messaged right. me and you were like, dude, I won the gold. And I was like, Holy shit. Cause yeah. that was the first <laughs> time you'd shot that in the barebow competition correct
1: that's correct first time yep Mm. yeah it's pretty pretty surreal
0: so how does that all work out because dimmer was ahead in the in the points and then you start from zero like i didn't understand like i've never shot one of those so how does that whole system work
1: so it's it's essentially a two-day tournament for a lot of people and three-day tournament for some people so the way this works it's a it's a back-to-back 720, not back-to-back, but it's a two-day um, 720 shoot. So we, most of us got there uh, Tuesday night. Wednesday is official practice, so you get a couple hours. So everybody can go out and just shoot your boats, just practice, tune yourself up. Um, and then Thursday, we all get there roughly, I don't know, 8 o'clock. And we get, so for people that don't know, we're shooting 50 meters at a 122-centimeter face. So what that means is like the, the gold or the nine ten ring is like the size of a, a compact disc. If, if people have that in their head and we're shooting You're 50 old. meters
0: at that. You just aged yourself. Say that again. You just aged yourself talking about CDs. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh yeah. I just <laughs> aged myself. That's right. Um, so then, uh, so we practiced on Wednesday and then Thursday we all get out there and shooting started at eight 20 and we shoot, um, we shoot, uh, six arrows at a time. That's an end. And, you know, we do this, it goes on for hours. I mean, literally it goes on. We started eight. We're done at like three thirty. I mean, we're baking out in the sun and whatever. And it goes on for two days. And at the end of two days, we have our scores. So on day one, um, I ended up in, I was in second behind Demer by like, I don't know, 27 points. And Daniel was right behind me. Dan, Daniel, uh, I think, was in third, and I'm pretty sure he was like five points behind me. I mean, he was nipping at my heels for sure. And then, um, they, I, don't, I don't ever look at scores. But You know, people are like, How are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't look at scores. But then I get these random texts from people going, Dude, you're doing great. And I'm like, Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Like, I don't want that pressure of how I'm doing and then have it affect me. So I go into day one quite relaxed. And then day two, again, you shoot another 720 round. Um, It's 72 arrows, 10 being the highest, you know, obviously the high score is 720. And then day two, I went in definitely nervous because I was on, you know, Demer and I were on the same target. And like I would shoot and then he's looking through the spotting scope and he's calling my arrows. And that just makes you nervous. It's like, you know, here's the the top guy looking at your shooting, you know, like he's watching you to see how you're doing. He's being respectful about it. It's not disrespectful. You know, he's actually trying to be helpful. And then, you know, but it's nerve wracking knowing that he's watching you from right behind you calling your arrows. I was like, dude, get out of the scope. Just get out of the scope. (laughs) Like, stop (laughs) looking at my arrows. You're making me nervous. And so I didn't shoot nearly as well on day two as I did on day one. However, I shot well enough to hold my position at number two. So at the end of the day, like, you know, at the end of two days, he gets that crown. Like we all they, they do a medal ceremony. Um, he had the high score after two days of thirteen seventeen. So thirteen hundred you know, thirteen hundred points, and I was at twelve forty seven. So if he's num think about it, he's number one and I'm seventy points behind him at number two. That's how good he is. He's that good of a shooter. You know? And then we all get to play because there's not, there was just, I think just about 30 some odd of us, 30, 37 people. And then what they do is they have eliminations on day three. So you take everybody, clump them in, and then you go from 32 people to 16 people to eight to four to three, two, one kind of thing. And it's just, uh, you know, it's brackets. So like, let's say number one person shoots against the number, um, 32 person. And then it just keeps breaking down from there. And then on day three, we have that you know, that, that breakdown shoot off, and then it comes down to the final match. And that's what everybody gets to see on Facebook or YouTube and things of that nature is the last of the last thing.
0: So when you shot through the bracket, who, who did you shoot against?
1: Um, I shot against, well, no, not to say anyone you wouldn't know. I think the only people you would know is maybe Frank McDonough and, Oh shoot! I, that's probably only person you would know.
0: You, There's you, like a whole list of guys. You shot Scott well, against Scott as well, didn't you?
1: Oh yeah, I shot against Scott. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew Scott or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scott Einstein I shot against him. He was right before Frank, so I beat I beat Scott. Um, I think in a tiebreak, and I beat Frank in a tiebreak as well. So they were very close matches to the very end. Yeah, very close. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Scott actually just booked a hunt with us to go uh, out at. Oh, very
1: cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, nice guy. Super nice
0: guy. Yeah, he is. A, what was funny is I was talking to so the guy that I guide for, is Scott, and he's Scott, and I'm on yeah. my mountain bike pedaling up the hill trying to talk to both of them to reschedule. Uh, what I'm going to refer to as Asian Scott because they were getting confused and I'm like, look, I don't know how to separate this other than one's going to be Asian Scott and one's not going to be because you guys are screwing me up here and I'm breathing too hard for this. So uh, yeah, he's coming hunting with us in January actually. But uh, so uh, I watched on the competition archery media. What saved you? Dimmer kind of flung an arrow up in the eight or seven ring on the last end, which is what Really helped, um, and then you dropped a ten on your last arrow, arrow last didn't arrow. you?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was crazy. Actually, the I think what what got Demmer the, was the very first arrow. You know, we went out there, and you got to understand if if this guy shoots an eight, it's rare. You know, he's a nine ten. He's a nine ten eight shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like mostly nines, a lot of eight, or a lot of some tens, and then every once in a while an eight. And we got out there, his first arrow was a four.
0: Yeah, he's wide right, way wide right.
1: It was crazy. And he never, I'm not saying never does that, but that's uncharacteristic of him to hit that kind of a shot, you know? And then I won that first set pretty quick. Like it was like, well, holy smokes. Okay. And I heard later the judges down at the end, I heard this from your agent. So I have a, you know, I have a person that pulls arrows, a friend of mine, Dan. And he had, I think it was Josie pulling arrows on his end and, the judges down at the target end were like, oh, Demmer's screwing with this guy, you know, like he's baiting him in, making him, you know, letting him win the first set. <laughs> and it was like, not to say it's insulting, but he's that good. You know, you don't expect to beat a Demmer.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I've had, um, uh, you know, I've chatted with Demmer a little bit on the phone and back and forth some on, um, you know, just on uh, like Facebook Messenger or whatever. Sure. Um, you know, he's super, uh, you know, great guy and very... Um, very. Uh, what's the word? It, it, drawing knowledge out of him from I like I don't ever talk about knowledge. Not that I can't learn anything from him. We just are usually shooting shit about something else. But um, you know, talking with Frank a little bit, he had said you know one of the things he was trying to do is get some of that knowledge out of Dimmer's you know brain because it's uh you know he's a shooter and sometimes he doesn't communicate as well as far as on a teaching standpoint. Um, Correct. Yeah. For people and and I can't say because I don't you know I've never bugged him about knowledge, but. It's cool to have, um, you know, target shooters and hunters. I mean, it's a lot of of, of good people out there to get, uh, you know, info from. I, I think Frank is actually he's a coach um, yes. for for adults and youth. You obviously you're a physical fitness trainer and you coach some as well, don't you?
1: I do. I yeah, I have my uh, my level two certification through NTS, but yeah
0: yeah gotcha. and then um i've scott and i'm just going off the guys that i know um yeah. scott is just a world class guy he works for uh outdoor life and just truly a, a great guy and um absolutely how tall is scott by the way cuz he looks I about 64 he's four. like 6, six or 67 he's he's, oh, he's just that? super tall what was that big asian basketball player name remember oh yeah I I totally like 73 oh, or think- something yeah, I can't <laughs> That's going to be Scott's, top of my head. <laughs> Scott's new nickname. Simplify things while we're now, Dad. So I'm not calling two Scotts. But, um, but yeah, no, it was amazing. I'm watching it. Um, you know, I was just watching it on my phone. And you, you, I, I mean, I, I, uh, Dimmer had double clutched on one shot and still dropped a nine. And when he, he double clutched, I was like, oh, All right, Matt's got a chance. And then the fucker dropped a nine. I'm like, uh, well, I guess he can double clutch and still drop a nine. Shit, that was a good shot.
1: He (laughs) did. And I did the same thing. It's crazy. Like When you're up there, like when you're normally shooting, we get four minutes to shoot six arrows. It's a ton of time. It's so much time. But when you're on the stage doing that head-to-head, there's a shot clock right in front of you, and you get 20 seconds per arrow. And so I happened to have, uh, there was an instance and I I can't remember the timestamp portion of it, but I drew and I was like, something didn't feel right with my shot. And I looked down at the clock and I'm like, oh damn, like I wanted to let down. And I only had 12 seconds. I'm like, can't let down. And I took the shot and you could see my head move and it wasn't a good shot. And it ended up going in the nine. And I'm like, oh God, like that, (laughs) that saved me. So I did the same exact thing he did.
0: So it's so this is funny. So last night I'm getting my bow dialed in for antelope. I have a grizzly target at uh, at 50 yards and I'm dropping groups like um, good groups for me. Home course. Right. Everything else. And it's funny when people trying to put things in a perspective. I can easily shoot in practice good enough to make it look like I could do really well in a national competition, you know, like paper plate (laughs) sized groups. And my wife's like, honey, you should go to one of those. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't quite work like that. And she's like, what do you yeah, mean? I'm, like, sure to... I'm at my home course with the dogs barking and you beside me and I've got to chew in and I'm in sandals and a sleeveless <laughs> shirt and there's no pressure. And one of the things that I had talked to Cody Greenwood about recently he was bringing up is, is the heart rate. Uh, one oh, yeah. one thing I've got g- good thing going for me is my heart rate stays relatively low and animals are in front of me, but they were talking about at the recent Olympics, um, what what someone's oh, yeah. heart rate goes to, how how you handle adrenaline. And, and so talking about that, um, how much were you shitting your pants when you were shooting against Demmer for the gold? What, were you so able to funny. control it?
1: Yeah. Dude, that's so funny you should say that. So the guys from uh, Competition Archery Media, they don't know me because I'm very new to the game in a way. And, you know, so they, they call me over in this big tent. And they're like, hey, we want to have an interview with you so we can you know find some things to say about you while you're up there shooting and so it's funny it's like I I said honestly dude I'm just puckering up because I'm trying not to shit myself right now (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know how I'm gonna feel when I get on the line like I'm that's all I can think about is don't look like an asshole like you know just do your best and just try not to shit yourself while you're standing up there in front of everybody because there's cameras in your face there's you know, these booms with just cameras floating around everywhere. There's an audience. You just know it's going live. You know, people are going to watch it. It's going to be on the internet forever kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty nerve wracking, quite nerve wracking.
0: Well, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a hunter, not a a target archer, but I can, I try to mix the two together. Uh, so people understand one of the things I've explained to my, my wife is like, okay, one of the reasons my heart rate stays low is I've had so many animals in front of me, whether hunting or Mm -hmm. guiding, well, Demmer has had a lot of targets in front of him. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. so he's probably a lot more desensitized than you know than most because he's been able he's been at the, the pinnacle for, for quite some time. And it's right. it's hard to um wrap your head around that and 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 be able to control it. Um you know, control and it's weird. Some people can control certain emotions extremely well. Um sure. And maybe, and maybe that is, uh, the pressure of a tournament where maybe an anger might be one that they don't control. And so I was curious, like, were you talking to yourself or you just like, please, Jesus, don't shoot a zero on live television or what, I mean, what was going through your mind?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're, you're saying all those things, but it's funny. Like, so there's a lot of cool people in, in the arch, in the target archery industry, you know, especially on the recurve side. Um, and uh, one of the guys who used to work for Hoyt, who's now on the U.S. He's like the U.S. archery team coach, I guess just under Kistik Lee, is Chris Webster. And um, I've be, kind of become acquainted with him over the last couple of years. And he happened to be under the, under the tent. And he's like, look, dude, he goes, just envision yourself out at your normal range shooting your bow. That's what you do. He goes, just grab your bow, put your arrow on there and shoot it at the target just like you normally would. And I'm like, yeah, I mean... It is that simple. You know, you get the pressure of the people watching the camera. Again, the cameras, just so much going on. And, you know, shit, Brady Ellison's behind me watching. It's it's just a very high-pressure situation. So, yes, you're trying to tell yourself, yeah, just get to the line. Don't be too relaxed. Don't be too over-pressured and try to try too hard. You're just up there going, all right, and, you know, you say a little prayer and whatever, you know, and you get to your anchor and do all you can one of my favorite mantras or things I say to myself is just make it look good. And you know, Trevin Sulfis, of course, and I know, you know, Trevin. And it was funny when we were down there at your shoot, he's like, I get target panic and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, the one thing I say to myself and now he and I say it all the time is just make it look good. Just make it as if you're trying to show people, this is what archery is supposed to look like when you do it right. And you're following your form. If you're following your form, you're not worrying about your result, right? Don't think of your result. Just think of them. Think of all your actions to get the arrow to go down range into the right place. So just make it look
0: good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I explain these things to my to my wife. She shits her pants. you know, new hunter, and she gets a little sure. uh, twitchy when you know animals are in front of her, and and uh, and she's a great shot. And I tell her the same thing. I'm like, honey, one, there's nothing you're going to do that I haven't already screwed up. So don't ever worry about right. my opinion or what I'm thinking because I've already of course. screwed it up too. just pretend you're shooting normal. You know, you're shooting at a 3d target, you're shoot whatever it's all in your own mind, which is easy to say. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean that, you know, hunting wise, that's one thing that same, you know, the pressure you're putting on yourself and what's going on in your mind is really what the end outcome of the shot looks like. I mean, you may get lucky occasionally, but the entire time you're worried about missing your, probably going to miss. Um, that's right. If you, if you go into it with confidence, you know, you're, you're probably going to hit it. Um, tournament archery and I, am not, um, by any stretch, a a tournament archer with a a recur, but I did shoot compound quite a bit, but watching some guys, uh, one of my buddies, we were at a tournament, um, out of state and, uh, he got into a shoot off for third and he had a couple warm up shots and I came up to him. I'm like, Hey Dickhead, did your arm shrink? He's like, what (laughs) do you mean? I'm like, Cause there's about five inches of arrow hanging off the end of that bow. Mm -hmm. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're short drawing, dude, get your shit together, man. I was like, calm down. He's like, dude, in my mind, by the time I like touch my face, I'm ready. You know, he just, he was, you know, nerves. I mean, it's just how it is. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, talking someone off the ledge a little bit, I'm like, man, just try to block out everything. And watching you, it looked like you weren't shitting your pants too bad on the video. Maybe, maybe you hit it well.
1: Yeah. So initially the staging area, it's crazy, dude. It's like being on a, I guess, like what you can consider a talk show. You're back there like behind the scenes and there's like a guy going, okay, you're going to come out and you're going to stand here. You're you're going to come out and you're going to stand here. And then your coaches are going to come out and they're going to do this. You're going to stand on this star in this area. And th- I mean, it's crazy. Like people are pointing in lefts and rights and you're going rights and lefts. I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's just hectic. And so before getting up there, I was crazy nervous. I was like, what the hell? Like, what do I do? But once we shot the first end and I won it, it kind of toned me down a ton. Like just, I was like, nope, I'm not nervous anymore. Now I'm just shooting, you know, just like what Chris said. And like my, my, the guy I had in my coach's box, I don't know if you know him. That's Justin Hewitt. He was our last gold medalist we had in 96. And he was like, dude, just take no prisoners. You're, You're doing great. Just shoot your bow like you normally would. And that's it. Just go for it. So it did calm me down for sure.
0: No, that's, that's good. It would be interesting, not that you want to go back and lose the first in, but would that have mentally crushed you or, or, or what? No, it's, it's, it's no h-
1: because you're going against, like I said, you're going against Demer. You don't expect to win. So yeah. I wasn't expecting to get points. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that I was getting points helped me, but I did not go in there with the expectation to win. I mean, I could have shot all of my arrows in the dirt, twenty feet in front of me, and walked away with a silver med- silver medal and been like amazed, like "Oh my God, this is great! Like,
0: <laughs> look what I did!" Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I wasn't expecting to win at all.
0: Yeah, well, and it's um, it it's a unique um uh, situation, just you know, first time really, you know, shooting uh, bare bow at that tournament, coming out with the gold, and then. You know, uh, I guess people actually think I know what I'm doing because I have a podcast. So, you know, tons of messages about this thing. That's why I bugged you so early about getting you on the podcast is people are messaging me and I'm like, guys, I, I shoot a, f- a hunting bow. I have no right. fucking idea. Well, I don't even know how that thing is scored other than if it's scored the same as when you shoot a compound Um or the same format. Yeah. And right. so... Uh, you know, guys were asking lots of different questions as far as setups and, and what bow were you shooting? And I'm like, all I remember he and I got in a shoot off and his bow was significantly taller than he was. I don't know how long that bow was. And so close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So kind of go through that. Like obviously people know I'm usually a 580, 600 grain arrow. I'm 60 pounds, 58 pounds. And those things are out there constantly because whether it be a me or a, I don't know, a Jake Downs or South Cox or that hunting info is out there, I think as it seems to me a lot more than the tournament stuff. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It, which I would like to hopefully be able to change that and maybe get Frank and Dimmer on and, and and discuss some of this because it's just not my my place. Um, right. What was your setup? Your, I mean, top to bottom, your riser length, your arrow, or excuse me, your, your limb length, your poundage, your arrows, right, point right. weight, all that shit.
1: Yeah, so um, my, the bow I was shooting is a Hoyt Exceed, that's the riser, on Velos limbs. that's their top of the line limb, and uh, 42 pounds. And that is cranked all the way down. So like, you know, an ILF, you can kind of back them out and back, you know, turn them in and give, give yourself a little more weight, change your tiller, change your brace, height, whatever. Um, so th- that was a 42 pounds on the fingers I'm shooting. Um, oh, and they're medium limbs, So it's about a 68 inch bow. I don't have a, a long draw length. I draw about 27 and a half. Um, so it's not super long, um, shooting. Ethan X10s. Um, they are an Eastern X10 is a barrel tapered arrow, so it's you know skinny on the ends and then a little thicker through the middle. It kind of stabilizes the arrow a little faster just by design. Um, they weigh about I don't know 330 grains. They're a little over 20 29 inches. They're very they're pretty light. You know nothing you'd shoot with a hunting bow, at least in recurve or longbow um, it's just a completely different setup. You know, it's just lighter, uh, lighter from a draw weight standpoint, not from an actual mass weight standpoint. The bow is heavy. I have a point makes a, uh, a riser weight that you screw into the riser. It gives you a little more, a little more mass for stability, you know, in in your holding weight. Um, that's pretty much it, you know, in terms of the setup.
0: So as far as like, um, like I, on that, are you you're string walking then? I'm assuming for um, yeah.
1: So normally string walking, but what's crazy is uh, again forty two pounds at my draw length. I am almost point on, meaning my tab is almost right up against my knock.
0: For what distance? For fifty meters. Okay, that's what. So
1: I yeah, I am point on at fifty five yards or at sixty yards with that particular setup.
0: Gotcha um kind of while we're talking about this and talking about kind of integrating or not integrating, but get getting them a little more target info out there as much as as hunting yeah. um one of the things uh Frank, I had talked to him maybe a month ago he had done a a video talking about like shooting a vertical bow um, compared to you know shooting obviously a canted bow because I shoot yeah. with a lean um one of the things that I want to make sure that's very clear to everyone is I would not. Necessarily follow my form. Uh, so yeah. um, and I only bring this up as my feelings. And I want to get your take on it. It's kind of like somebody that shoots the NTS or power archery type of a system where they hit, um, you know, more or less max expansion, um, you know, correct and proper back tension. You can snap shoot, choose to snap shoot when needed if you use that system. Meaning, if you got a quick, if you snap shoot, you're not going to be able to shoot an NTS or a, or a power archery type of a, of a shot or a system?
1: Not at all. I, so I, like I, yeah, I, I always say this, like I grew up when I, my start in traditional archery, you know, in 2002, that's all I knew was snap shooting. I did that up until 2017. Right. And where I learned that rotational draw, that hold, that expansion, whatever the case, you know, that follow through, that snap shooting will never go away, right? It'll always be there for me. So if I'm, you know, seven yards from an elk and I'm under a tree and I'm totally sideways, I can make that snapshot happen without a doubt, just as good as I did, you know, eight years ago. You know what I'm saying? But that target archery draw hold, you know, isn't necessarily to me hunting applicable. Does that make sense?
0: Well, a hundred percent. I, I need to get Frank and, 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 maybe you, Frank and John on here. But, um, what I try to convey to people is I would not change. And I told Frank the same thing. I see no reason to change with, because of shooting in a ground blind and cliffs out of a tree. stand. Sure. It's very difficult to shoot a, uh, a vertical bow for me.
1: Absolutely. I but
0: agree. The NTS type system is done very well for me. Um, Hunting, and I had guys tell me I'd never kill anything when I first started going to full draw and expanding. And I haven't had any issue because when I need to snap shoot, I'll grip right. it and rip it. What I are. what absolutely. I what I see people do that have snapshot is they have to close their eyes to stay at draw, um, right? Huh. Uh, which is crazy to me, but that was the the Asbel, um, you know, well, you know, whatever the the back in the day, the grip it and rip yeah, it absolutely. mentality. Yep. You cannot shoot consistently at forty yards. Um, snap shooting. You, you, I, no. I, I've not met anybody that can. Um, no, I'm absolutely met, not. I've met a lot of people on the internet that told me they could, but I think they're full yeah. of shit. Um, when the rubber meets the road, though, you get a deer walking under you at eighteen yards, twelve yards. You can snap shoot, no problem. But if I miss that deer and it runs out in forty broadside, I'm going to uh, execute a correct shot. Um, right. So, what I I think would be good for people listening in is start off shooting a vertical bow, um, you know, potentially anyway, work on the NTS power style archery, and then kind of write your own book after that. Um, You know, I learned with the vertical bow and went straight to, because I anchor far back on the outside of my face, canting, I have to cant to look down the arrow for for, for gap shooting. Um, A lot of people do, yep. And so and that's the reason why, and I'm only talking about this for people listening in. I have no issue with people. Um, I think it's very applicable for hunting to cant your bow. And if you look at how many good hunters shoot a vertical bow, I, I, I can't think of any there might be out there. Most hunters right. are, are canting. Having said all that, I think you should learn correctly and then deviate from that. what what kind of what are your opinions on all of that?
1: So I totally agree. It's like, um, I, I don't know that I could execute my target style shot in the woods for simple, lots of simple reasons. Like number one, how many times do you, you know, when you're elk hunting and all of a sudden elk comes busting out of nowhere and you're standing half on a rock and half on the floor and there's trees in front of you, branches. It's like, you're never in a perfect stance ever, especially in Colorado. On the ground, it's, it's rare, maybe in your camp, you know, um, you get caught off guard, you know, you're calling an elk, they come running from who knows where you, your body's twisted. So the shot like can't be, a, not to say it can't be, it's just not likely that you're going to be in that perfect stance, perfect alignment in the woods. It's just not necessarily going to happen. Um, part, as part of it, another part I want to kind of just rewind a little bit is people getting started is uh, especially if you're coming from compound going into recurve or longbow, don't think that you can get a 65 or 70 pound recurve or longbow and go, no, no, I'll be good. I shoot this weight with my compound, but it's not at all the same animal. So like you said, if you started with the proper form, maybe an NTS system and used a lighter bow to just understand the mechanics of the shot. You can't, I mean, I'm, I'm super opposed to people going, getting 55, 60 pound recurves and long bows for their first one, because you're going to ingrain that habit. I mean, it's just going to happen. Um, but yes, you have to be able to cant the bow in a hunting situation, shit, even horizontal, not just can't. I mean, what if you're clear under a tree? I mean, branches, whatever, you need to be dynamic in that sense and be able to take shots from all different positions with the bow and your body.
0: Well, and that's one of the things I was talking with Frank about. And Frank's the guy he took third. Um, Frank did not take third, yeah. Was that uh, I didn't disagree. I agreed with what he was saying. But there's a mix because um, you're never going to want to use my form to shoot what you guys just did. But on the ground, the majority, especially out of a tree stand or in the cliffs, shooting a vertical bow just isn't an option. Um, yeah. your body's in the way for one, um, your yeah. armpit, you know, your strings in your, <laughs> there's a lot of things going yeah. on. Oh yeah. And so Clothing,
1: backpacks, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so learning both is what I think when I say both, if I was going to go try to compete with you guys, I would need to get a vertical bow. Um, You can't string walk shooting a canted bow. Your arrow looks sideways. It's like an X because you're shooting low left. So you can't do any of those things. But making the choice or going back and forth, meaning when I hunt um, 58 pounds and a 600, 580 grain arrow, I'm gap shooting. I can't to look over my arrow. You're going to have to decide, do you want to? And this this is one thing that is important people listening. If you're going to be a tournament archer, I'm not saying you can't go hunting. You can only sure. have one love, and mine is is hunting, and so I cater more to that. Not to say that you know Matt or or Demmer or or Frank can't go hunting. It's just that for me, I'm a little worried what I would lose in hunting. If I, you know what, you know what, I mean? you get used to the cast of the arrow, the speed, sure. you know, you get used to all those things, and and, or, and I'm kind of a chicken shit because I, I I I'm nervous that I I come up on an animal and then I'm. Not remembering my hunting setup and maybe remembering the tournament setup, right? I, I think though, if you start with that vertical bow, it'll be easier to transition over for hunting if you need to cant um and I agree yep uh, uh, it, you know, as we go into all of this, you're going to learn the fundamentals of archery with either one in 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 becoming a professional. uh um I don't know how you want to perfect the craft learn to fletch arrows learn to tune learn to build strings learn mm-hmm. to serve you want to learn all those you're going to learn those no matter whether you do one or the other um right. with with what you're doing and and obviously and you hunt as well how long did it take you to get where you were comfortable with the uh, the, the more barebow um uh you know uh, what am i trying to say when do you feel like you kind of had it locked in and I, we're all still learning but Did it take you one year, two years, three years, I mean, before you felt confident in your ability as well as the knowledge to tune and things like that?
1: Pretty quick. So my knowledge for tuning, I think, is pretty strong with a trad bow because I did it for so long. So like if I'm shooting any of my longbows or recurves, you know, really all we have to work with is the arrow, right? We really can't change our tiller bolts, um, especially if you're shooting a one-piece bow or a two-piece bow, there aren't any. You know, we have the brace height and the arrow to figure out how to shoot a straight arrow, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, it's just, we we can mess with the point weight, we can change our arrow spine. There's really, that's all that's to it. But what I started doing, um, I would say about three years ago was I worked with like a fixed crawl to kind of understand that what a crawl was. And then once you figure out how crawling works, it's so ridiculously easy you just got to know the crawl like you you have the arrow is giving you a sight pin. And so if you have the form, you still got to make the shot. Regardless, you still have to make a correct shot. And with all the proper portions of the, of the, of the form, so to speak. um, But once you figure out the crawl and your crawls at any distance, you're going to be point. I mean, dead on. I mean, you saw me and, you know, uh, Daniel do it. I mean, we all kind of do it. It's just, once you learn those crawls, it's, it's, it's not fail proof, but it's damn close to be, you know, pretty accurate.
0: So before everybody overloads you and me with, why don't you hunt that way? It is a bitch to tune a broadhead. head. Um, Abs- oh yeah. Wh- wh- whether you're <laughs> string walking or, or a fixed crawl. Um, and, and again, I'm all about just getting knowledge out there for people to choose. If you have a fixed crawl, um, and you um in tune for that that fixed crawl. There's no problem. When you have right. to deviate from that fixed crawl, shit goes south quick. Um real quick, yeah. And and Cody Greenwood, the dumbass, came down to the Davis Mountains on a mule deer hunt with a 20-something-yard fixed crawl. And every time I range something, he's like trying to get, <laughs> dude, you're fucking <laughs> killing me. Like we had 12 Stocks in two days, sub forty yards between eighteen and forty. But with 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 me, and and I'm bringing these things up so you can kind of pick them apart and give your two cents. I have right now, which is about as perfect as I found a thirty-six yard point on. Um, mm-hmm. At twenty yards, I'm at the elbow. Um, you know what I mean? As far as my height, that's my drop. So an animal comes in, uh, I'm about at its elbow or, uh, you know, below the body line. At 40, my arrow's at its back um, to drop in there. And so if if we're going in, I'm I'm knocked up right below the or I'm I'm hooked up right below the knock. Uh, you know, Matt's behind me, guiding me, helping me out. All right, Aaron, 37 yards. I aim right at it. Oh, it bounded out to 41. All right, now my arrow's on its back. Well, with what Cody was doing with that 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 fixed crawl, if we had an animal at that exact range, it would have been great, but we right. didn't. <laughs> And so for right. whitetail hunting, yeah. it's great. Go, no, go ahead.
1: Mm-mm. I was trying to explain to my father last night because he was, you know, my dad's in his, you know, almost 80 and know, I was trying to explain crawling to him. But that's the thing with crawling too is at each particular distance, it's so specific to the notches on your tab or how many, you know, wraps of a serving. It's so, it changes like yard to yard. I mean, it's got to be, you know, like you're saying, if you don't have a range finder and you go, okay, it's 33 and I have an exact 33, you know, otherwise there's a deviation there that, you know, you're going to miss high or low, you know, it's going to happen. So you got to really know what those drops are or what those crawls are. If you're in a hunting situation, you're talking about tuning a broadhead shooting out of a trad bow with a crawl. Yes, it's going to, it's not quite the same, but you were describing like a gap shooting. Like I, you're on a higher, you know, on their back or at their elbow, um, the gap shooting, you can tune your bow where you are point like at your tab or your fingers are right on the knock. That bow is going to shoot best from that position. So you can tune your broadhead best shooting from that position. You just truly have to know your gap. And I think gap shooting is harder. And that's what you do.
0: Well, and it's just what I got used to. And I I have a big block target, whatever those are, five by five foot. And I have horizontal lines at six inch increments um, painted down them. And so I start at 20. I shoot a group of three. Um, You know, I'm 18 high. So I just write on a piece of paper, 20 plus 18. Go to 25 plus 12. And then, but I don't, I've gotten so used to that. It does not bother me kind of looking through you know, I'm not picking a spot on the animal. I'm, unless it's the perfect, if it, unless it's 36 yards, I'm picking right. a spot and aiming off of the animal, which is difficult for people to that, to it's do. Very difficult peop- for people to do that. So
1: especially like, let's use 3d as an example. I have friends that are, you know, kind of getting into traditional archery and they're like, I don't get this. Like my points at their feet or in the dirt. Right. So you have to kind of, when you know your gap at the end of your arrow to the, you know, your, to the area you're trying to shoot, you got to really know that, you know, that's 18 inches or that's 14 inches because you're going to miss, right? So people see their arrow in the dirt (laughs) and it's like, well, how's that supposed to hit? And it does, right? You know, it's that's that's just truly learning the gap, but you got to know it. You have to know it.
0: Well, and while we're talking about the gap, one thing I kind of changed, I initially was so concerned and Cody was there the whole, uh, time in the beginning there was a lot more missing in 2016 than there is now. I don't I don't miss much now, but fuck I missed a lot then. Well, and Tom Klum had told me it takes 3 years for you to get to kind of your potential. Well, I was working on a solid 3 months and uh trying to figure <laughs> shit out, right? So um when when people are, are 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 learning this, that gap, I tune my bow for a specific gap. And so mm-hmm. Whether my point weight ends up at three hundred grains or at two twenty five, it has to do with my aeroflight flight being perfect with a thirty five or six yard point on. It was forty before, but I just don't take. I mean, most of my shots are close. Um, right. You know, you kind of you evolve as you you know become you know your your tournament or your shooting career goes on or tournament career, and mm-hmm. and so the reason why thirty six is most animals I've shot, I've shot some at a few feet, some at eighteen, but at 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 eighteen to twenty two yards, super easy. I'm at the elbow. I can still see the animal. Where when I had a forty forty two yard point on, for fuck's sake, I'd be like six inches below its hoof. That right. is hard to do. Where mentally, oh Christ, on a cracker. man. you talk about a, a, a javelina. It, it's oh, like yeah. looking outside of your objective on a rifle scope and and seeing sure. it over the top of it. And so I, I'm I'm only talking about this because people listening in. If you are a whitetail hunter, it would behoove you to have a 20-yard to 25-yard point on, right, for most tree stand hunting, or something like that, or a fixed crawl. But you come out to the Wild West, well, yeah, that's kind of close. You you might want a little bit farther and then learn your, your drops, and there's no right answer to, in my opinion, is what's right for that specific person. So for you, how do you hunt? What do you What do? you do?
1: So this is funny you should bring that up. What. So what switched me over, I had an experience about, uh, it's been, been about four or five years ago. My buddy called, my, I have a friend from Michigan who invited me out to hunt whitetails. And he, the, the first day, he's like, hey, dude, this a pretty good whitetail buck that's been running around. Um, why don't you sit in this spot here? He's kind of been coming around this area. I'm like, all right, no problem. And the first morning I saw a ton of bucks, but not that particular one. And I said to him, hey, I want to go and try out this other spot. And he put me in a tree stand that he had set up, and it was very high off the ground. Um And, again, I've been hunting from the ground for quite some time now. Like So getting into a tree stand, a small platform tree stand, was kind of unnerving because I hadn't been doing it for some time.
0: You look like and Frank I, up there,
1: white-knuckling it. Crazy, white like, it. <laughs> <laughs> and then so – sure shit. I'm sitting in this tree stand and here comes that particular buck. I saw him walking down this lane from my left to right. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. Like this buck's going to walk right past me at 18 yards. And it's exactly what he did. And I'm standing up and I'm shaking on the tree. Like it's a small platform. And I just did not feel comfortable even drawing my bow. And I'm watching this deer and he's standing. I mean, he's 18 yards in front of me and a white tail at 18 yards away from 20 some odd feet up shrinks immensely. Like your target, like what you're aiming at, that vital area, it's, it's gone. It's, it's truly gone. And I was gap shooting at the time and I'm like, I, I am not going to shoot at this deer. Like I let it walk because, and I did the right thing, of course, because I was like, I'm just going to fling an arrow in this buck's direction, potentially wound it and through the whole pooch, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I didn't want to go that route. And that was my moment. Like I have to do something else. I can't just guess the shot, right? So that took me away from gap shooting. And I was like, I'm going to, I have to try to learn a different method of aiming. So I don't wound an animal. I wasn't going to play that game. And so I, I don't know. I, I forgot where I I must've learned it on either Matt Zernzak's push thing, you know, someone or one of those videos where they were talking about string walking and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this method and I haven't looked back. Like, so the, the, the gap thing, you know, I just, I can still do it. I mean, I can still do it the way I used to do it. Um, but it's to, to use that point, that point on, uh, with a string crawl to me is, not fail proof, but it's as accurate as you can get. I think, in my opinion.
0: No, I I agree, and that was one of the things I had talked with 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 Frank about. Um, uh, with the best of the best shoot and canting and everything was like, I'm like, well, dude, give you know, give me a little bit of credit. Like, I, I did run with him. Uh, you know, talking about columns. Like the first day we shot, I think he got yeah. me by six. I'm like, man, you're not exactly comparing apples to apples. I'm shooting 170 feet per second gap shooting. He's shooting 230. String sure. walking, now I'm, that's not. I'm not making an excuses. I prefer that method, but it's mm-hmm. not as good as string walking. Now I would never string walk personally hunting because I've gotten so accustomed to gap shooting. It's not that I'm against it. but Now you do need to hunt how to tune. It's just that that's what I've become comfortable with, and I've had such good success with it. I don't. I don't want to change. But yeah, I have changed my gaps. I have changed my my bow setup. I have changed certain things to make me more consistent, Uh, you know, feather touching my nose or my vein touching my nose. So I keep my my head alignment is better. You know, just shit like that. You're constantly uh, evolving. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you to talk about this is just because I'm successful with what I do doesn't mean you should do it because what I do, I don't have any, I mean, I think people are fine with gap shooting, but it's difficult. You got to be able to look through an arrow and not aim at a spot. And you have to project <laughs> its, its path. Yeah, well, so So a lot of the stuff I've killed, people are like, where'd you aim? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was aiming oh, at no, the knee. Does. And they're like, what? Yep. And I'm like, well, I, I, I said, I can't aim at the – I, I can see the body, but I, I'm technically aiming at the kneecap. I'm like, right. well, how's that work? And I'm like, well, you got to get used to it. And whitetails especially – when they come through, I'm literally um, looking, you know, I am aiming potentially 18 inches below the body line, but I can double vision, however the hell you want to call it. And and that can straight up screw people up. They're going to miss high a lot is what's going to happen. Right. Um, right. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with any of these. It's just what's right for, you know, for you. Obviously, shitty form and collapsing, all that stuff's wrong. But I mean, good form. You're going to walk your own path, kind of write your own book, and it's. I think it's good to listen to a Matt and an Aaron and a Frank and a John and a, a Jake Downs and all the guys that are successful. Figure out what's best for you. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And there's no again, there's nothing wrong with gap shooting. If you, but you have to. It's very helpful to stick with one bow, one arrow weight, right? So it's you can very I'm consistent <laughs> over time. You can see, I'm such Did a have,
0: pussy for changing. Have, You're exactly oh yeah. right.
1: Yeah, I have. I bet I have 40 bows. I bet I have 40 wood bows at my house and I love them all. And I want to shoot them all. But guess what? With each bow is a different arrow is a different shot. I mean, and it's like, you got to pick and choose what's it going to be. Right. So if you start messing around too much, like I do, um, you're going to be all over the board. Right. So you got to really, you know, they always say, watch out for the guy with one bow. Right. You just get one bow, one good arrow weight and just stick to it. And, It'll
0: become part of you. Yeah, I mean, a, a good uh, you talk about that is like find one good bow, one good arrow, buy a shitload, and turn off Instagram. That's like the best yeah, advice yeah. you could get. <laughs> well, so true. I think too, like if if all of us hung out for a weekend at a tournament, and we all hung out uh, bow hunting for a weekend or on a backpack hunt, I, I think everybody's going to probably evolve a little bit from what they learn of what they thought was right and maybe what wasn't. I mean, you're constantly uh, learning and adapting, and 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 I get to hunt a lot, and so that is where I'm like, eh, that might work for that, but may, you might want to try this, where right. it wouldn't work worth a shit at a tournament, where it, you know, and vice versa, and and again, you you gotta learn y- y- what's best for the way you're hunting, whitetail hunting. Like I'd probably, if I was whitetail hunting a lot, I'd have a fixed crawl, but since I don't just whitetail hunt and I've gotten so used to that 180 foot per second, uh, 36 yard, f- uh, you know, point on in my drops, I am. And that's one of the reasons Frank was giving me shit. Cause I was like, I'm not changing. I'm happy with where I'm at. He kind of like, well, you're settling for mediocrity. I'm like, ah, eh, it's one way to look at it. It's also that I'm scared shitless to change because I'm used to the cast of the arrow. Right, and, and, right. and in the moment of truth, I might, uh, I might, you know, punch the clown and, and wing one over its back or whatever. And I, okay. I'm just scared to change is is sure. really the truth of it.
1: Yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And so, you know, the other thing is you're not looking to shoot multiple arrows at a tiny spot over and over again. You're just looking for that one shot, one kill in a, in a, in a broader, you know, cross section of a target, you know, like a kill, a kill zone on an elk is pretty big, you know? So you got a little more room for error there and no one's sitting there watching you going 10, nine, eight, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just looking to kill, you're just looking to kill that animal, you know? So you, you have a lot more room for error and it's not at, and again, it's not at 55 yards either, you know, like it's going to be a little closer distance. So
0: no. And, and there's validity to everything we're all saying when I say that, meaning, um, you know, it sounds like, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, and I bring up Frank just cause you and I chatted and you guys just shot together. He seems like a great coach. Um, you know, wealth and knowledge. Obviously, Dimmer. It seems like kind of Dimmer took his own, took him under his wing a little bit. Um, obviously, yeah. Dimmer's owns every record there is to. Ha- I mean, he's sure. amazing. But again, you you gotta you gotta walk your own path and kind of figure out what's best. But I do think that shooting a vertical bow initially and in learning um, that NTS Power Archery type system is the way to start, and then you know, kind of maybe shift from that as your, your, your career goes on. And, and if your career is tournament archery, you're probably not ever going to shift, but I have a hard time believing a guy's going to get in a ground blind and not cant his bow, especially if you're in a, uh, a ground blind, that's oh, not yeah. yours and little fuckers only 64 inches tall. You're about to have to sit, you know, crisscross applesauce just to shoot the damn thing. So there's a oh, lot yeah. of variables in it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, so. man. Well, but, man, you got, I don't want to keep you on for too long. I, uh, you got anything I, else you want to add? No, not that I could
1: think of. I mean, I was just expecting questions from you. So I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't have anything to add.
0: Um, no, uh, where can people kind of find you on, uh, social media? If they have coaching, if they're, uh, short for their weight and need some, uh, training off of archery, yeah. <laughs> uh, cause you're a <laughs> yeah. personal trainer normally. So
1: I am. Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, um, it's just my name, Matt Yaka and, same on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook very much. Like I go on just to kind of keep up with everybody else and then if I get tagged in something or if I some, someone mentions me, then I'm you know, I get involved, but I don't really do Facebook very much. So I'm up in Fort Collins, you know.
0: Gotcha. And then uh what are your are you hunting this year? Do you got tournaments left? Like what are your uh what what what's coming up for the, the, the this, great Yeah, Matt this Yockey? is the
1: first year in about eighteen where I am not bow hunting elk So I saved my points this year. Uh, My wife drew a third season rifle tag in Gunnison Basin. So we're going to hunt her. So her mule deer tags for rifle again, third season. And that happens to be an over-the-counter unit for elk. So I'll just go rifle hunting this year there. And then I got, I did draw a mule deer tag for up by me. So I'll, you know, I'll just kind of weekend warrior thing or, you know, if I get some time early off of work, I'll go shoot up, and I'll you know I'll just go hunt for mule deer. It's again, this is probably the least effort I ever put into hunting in the last year because I knew I was going to be doing tournaments, so I was like, I wasn't going to sit there and you know go scouting every week and go. You know, I knew I had to put the tournament practice time in and take time away from all the other hunting stuff. You know, well, so.
0: Man, when you bring that up before you get off for for the people yeah. listening in, I think that is important is if you if you're going to hunt um, and, and there's nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with it, with with any of it. Right. But I always say you can only have one love. And, and if it's if it's hunting, I would say focus on that. And if it's tournaments, focus on that. It's hard to do both. You're not going to be as good as you possibly could, in my opinion, at both of them. So sometimes there is a decision a year that you're like, "I'm going to tackle tournaments." You may, your hunting may suffer, and that's that's a decision to make.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so I'm not like you. I don't have. So you know, Colorado, our season is 30 days. So let's think of it like this: so if our season is the the month of September, you know, I got to say, okay, in reality. I'm going to hunt three weekends. I'm going to avoid the muzzleloader season altogether or the, you know, that whole week of 10 days, whatever it is of muzzleloader. I'm not even going to be in the, I'm not even going to be in the mountains. Um, So I'm banking on the first week, part of the second week. um, And then the last weekend is typically, or the last week is when, you know, I hunt the most. So if you take those days, 365 days a year, if you take 10 of those days, you go, am I a hunter or do I go hunting? right? So the, the, the fact is I'm, you know, we shoot target most of the time. I don't get to go whitetail hunting every year or pig hunting every year or elk hunting and mule deer hunting. It, it's just, I go when I have the opportunity and that's what it comes down to. So I had to kind of take that realization and tell myself, well, you're a target shooter more than anything. You're spending more time doing that than anything. So you got to pick and choose and dedicate the time in one direction
0: and i mean that's very true obviously on mine i'm i'm a i get to hunt 6 months or plus out of the year more than that guiding and so it's a very easy decision for me oh yeah um, absolutely uh, and, and again i i that's important for people to 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 pick um and there's nothing wrong with with either one but it certainly will you know your bow your arrow setup your potentially your your form or or whatever mm-hmm all of those things may vary depending upon like, nope, I'm going to be a hunter and I'm going to focus on that or or shooting tournaments. And, and again, just food for thought for people listening in um, on, on what they want to, what they want to do. Like, it'd be hard for me to talk Daniel columns. Actually, he's going to come work for us um, to not shoot tournaments, even though I'm a hunter because he's a one in a million type of a kid. He's 19 and just an unbelievable shot. Now he's going to go hunting. Obviously he loves to hunt, but I mean, I, it'd be hard for me to say, yeah, man, do you really want to shoot ASAs or do you want to go guide with me and run all over the mountains? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got a hell of a future ahead of him. So.
1: Yeah, he sure does. He's a he's a great shooter. Uh, he's a really nice kid. I mean, the kid's so quiet. And I'm I'm not obnoxious, but I'll talk to anybody. I'm not shy. And, like, you try to talk to him, he's like, hey. He's like a kind of a – he kind of kicks the grass as he's talking to you. He's really quiet and, you know, he'll come into his own over time, you know.
0: Well, you can imagine what it's like with him hanging around me because I'm wound for (laughs) sound constantly, and uh, he and I got Mm -hmm. along great. I mean, like I said, I I I hired him; he's going to come work for us, and uh, yeah, I do I do anything for him. He's the kind of guy you hope your daughter marries. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, but that poor fucker. We were on a podcast, and Luke was drunk, like really drunk, (laughs) and uh, he looks over, and uh, he's like Aaron cause Daniel's sitting in a chair, and I tried to warn Daniel ahead of time. I'm like, dude, there's nothing sacred around the crew of people I hang out with. You have got to be on guard. And, oh shucks, I'm all right. all right. All right, fuck whatever. He's like, Aaron, look at that moose knuckle. And and uh, Daniel's sitting in front of us, and he's like, Daniel, when's the last time you had a girlfriend? He's like, uh, three years ago. And and again, Luke is very inebriated. It looks like that's cause you're wrecking them. You just can't keep him. And, you know, Daniel's turning red, and I'm like, oh, gee, I'm sure he's going to church the moment he gets back home. Yep. And then yep. he gets back home, and I call him. I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? Or, no, he called me back, and he's like, yeah, sorry about that, Mr. Aaron. I was at church, and my wife goes, Jesus Christ, of course he was. And I- <laughs> <laughs> He's just a good kid. He's funnier than hell. He is,
1: and I totally gave him shit while we were out there this past week, I was like, "Dude, you don't reply to my messages." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, when you, when you came to spend time with Aaron, I sent you a message saying, "Hey, dude, I hope I get to shoot with you this weekend. I can't wait to meet you, but cuz I heard the podcast you guys did before and I knew he was coming out." And never responded. He never responded. And then um when we were at your tournament, I you know, I went up to him, said, "Hello, how are you?" You know, just chit chat and he's very quiet and you bear, you know, you get one-word answers out of him. And then um when uh we were doing this tournament, I sent him a message and said, we had a team event. And I said, hey, dude, I don't have a teammate. If you want to do team, let me know. I'd be all in. And he never responded. So he got, I got two no responses out of this kid. And so um, I went up to him during the tournament and, you know, other people were talking to him. And I said, yeah, you don't respond to anyone. He's like, what do you mean? I told him, I said, "I you know, I sent you these messages and you never responded. He's like, oh, was that you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm real sorry. I never responded because he wasn't doing the team event. It's like, look, we could have been playing together the whole time and screwed it all up.
0: <laughs> that's funny. He probably, he genuinely probably felt bad too. He but did.
1: He's like, he kept saying, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> he goes, if it makes you feel any better, I don't respond to my parents either. <laughs>
0: that's he, it may take a day or two. He'll generally call me back eventually. But, um, he, it's, well, it's funny while we're talking about all this, uh, you know, obviously I I get along really well with, with Daniel, but you were talking the first time that you had seen me, and I will say it's justified because I always look unhappy, even though I'm always I don't know, Cody, you've known me forever. How many times do you see me unhappy? Not very many. Yeah, I, I, I just don't look happy. So as before we got on this podcast, Matt is talking about me mean mugging him in Rocky Mountain specialty gear. And I don't even fucking remember. And it's just, I probably just was looking over, wondered I'm wondering if that guy can shoot or who is that guy. And your perception of it was, uh, he doesn't fucking like me, where I'm just not like that, but I don't smile very much. And so <laughs> I, you know, until you get to know me and then I'm constantly making jokes and, and laughing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had a temper, but it takes a lot to bring it out. Well, I'm sure Daniel, I'm like, hey dude, just come stay at my house. I'm thinking, I wonder what the hell he's, Wondering what's going to happen staying in my house. (laughs) What stories has he heard about me? And obviously I had a great weekend, but a super good kid.
1: Well, I will say, you know, yeah, definitely that one time when I ran, not ran into you, but saw you at the shop. Yeah. You definitely had that, like, Oh, this guy's an ass look kind of thing, but spending time with you at, um, at the 3d range that time, you were definitely laughing and having a good time and having fun and poking fun at everyone. Like it was, that's what it was all about. like, And you could see it definitely in you. You were having a good time with it, and everyone else was, too. So,
0: Well, part of it is I'm introverted as a motherfucker, and that does not help, especially in the position I'm in. (laughs) So, like, I literally have to focus looking people in the eye when I don't know them. Like, Cody, your mom, (laughs) when she introduced herself, Uh I'm like, Aaron, look in her eyes. Jesus Christ, Aaron, look up, look up, because I'm just bad about that, so it's funny. But Daniel— I mean, he's, I wouldn't, I don't know if you'd say he's introverted, but he wouldn't say shit if his mouth was full of it. I mean, he just don't talk. Oh, he
1: is totally introverted. Yeah.
0: And, and my wife makes me look mild when it comes, she could have talked a lot out of hiding. Uh, and so <laughs> she, and she's what, 5'11 and I mean, loud Italian. And she, I just love this kid. And I'm like, you're going to scare the shit out of him, honey. Jesus, calm down. Goes, he's so nice. I'm like, I, I, I know, but you're freaking him out.
1: Yeah, that's me. I'm a loud Italian. That's exactly me. You know, I'm, I'm not shy at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great for me. at shows because she'll talk to everyone and I don't have to. So it works out great. She has no fucking idea what she's talking about. They'll be talking about whitetail hunting in Maine. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, she's never even been to Maine, but she'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, funny. Anyhow, well, man, I really appreciate you coming on and congratulations. Um, super cool from Colorado and took home the gold. So that, that's, that's amazing, dude. I'm proud of you
1: no thank you for having me on i appreciate it and thank you for the congratulations and thanks for you know pushing people my way and on social media it's been been really nice i've been blessed thank you
0: yeah no problem at all man we'll take it easy and i'm sure we'll talk soon enough absolutely my man thank you yeah bye-bye bye